0: Hello, everybody. Uh, This is More Than Meets the Eye. My
1: name is Emma. My name is Antonella. And we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. So, MTMTI is a
0: podcast about aesthetics. And basically, we break down uh, a different aesthetic each week. Um, We talk about the elements that go into it, who influenced it. Or we like to look at PCAs, which are our pop culture aesthetics. Basically, we will take a movie... A, we've done books before, um, an album, and we break down the aesthetic elements of that, of said pop culture element. Um, but this week, we're just doing a regular old aesthetic. Um, what are we talking about this week, Antonella?
1: This week, we're talking about the infamous hippie movement, aesthetic, lifestyle, culture, culture yeah. whatnot.
0: Hippie. It's kind of weird. It's like a, a hippie is like a noun. Where I feel like most of our aesthetics are not nouns. They're like adjectives, I guess. Right.
1: No, but it's like, it's something more than simply like, you know, like, ballet core is not yeah. a person. It's right. literally like a, almost, it's a noun, it's a description of something as well.
0: Speaking of descriptions, if you could give me one sentence, Antonella,
1: to describe hippie, what would that sentence be? Right. So a sentence to describe hippie, I mean, counterculture movement, a rejection of normalcy, of normal American life, anti-materialism, laid back as more of like an actual like visual description of it. Right. That's like in a sentence encompassing how i would encompass like hippie right. would okay, you I would like you that. agree with that definition or do you have anything to add to it
0: i would agree i i put some dates in it i said that it was counterculture movement from like i said late 60s early 70s but mm-hmm. <laughs> my research proved me wrong um and i also highlighted that it kind of captures the energy of You know, being able to let things go, embracing love over war, over other stuff, and also very importantly, connecting with nature.
1: Yes, big on the connecting with nature for sure. Um, As like a reaction to, I guess, a hyper capitalistic world.
0: Um, Which is really interesting, especially how deep the roots of that actually go in terms of hippie subculture throughout like
1: history Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so do you have any like personal experience with hippie culture or just the I guess the modern aesthetic if you will Um, or how did you come to know this culture
0: so for me I actually feel like I have not a very close connection um, with um, the hippie aesthetic the hippie uh, movement not that i disagree with it or dislike it in any way it's just you know my parents were a bit too young when it was happening they were ch- like babies <laughs> um so they don't have any like direct link to um the original hippie uh movement um but my parents are english teachers which the classic english teacher meme is like the flowy clothing and the hippie lifestyle and that very much is accurate of my parents um but I think personally, like, just, um, other than that, like, everydayness that, like, you know, you were saying the contemporary hippie aesthetic, like, other than that, like, I don't think I have that connection, like, a, a personal connection. I would love to be called, if someone called me a dirty hippie, I would love that. Um, but yeah, we've also talked about it many times that I'm I'm more of, like, a mod, which is not... Very hippie esque, it
1: predates it. But
0: what about you, Antonella? Do you have a personal
1: connection? Similar to you, yeah. My parents were too young, um, just slightly too young to be like participating in hippie culture or anything like that. So I was, it wasn't like I wasn't raised with it at all, right? Me either, or like with the true hippie, because obviously, like, it the movement continues today, but with like the original hippies, um. But, like, I will say there was a bit of, like, a <laughs> when I was, like, 10 or something. I, oh, no. I, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> like, the, the classic, like, peace sign, like, that oh, yeah. to me. I was, like, oh, that's so cool. Although it was – it's kind of ironic considering it, like – Hippie. Was capitalism. It was capitalism. Like, hippie culture is so anti-capitalist. But, like, at the time of, like, 2009, Forever 21 was all, like, peace signs and bell bottoms and all those kind of things. And I also dressed up as a hippie one year, I think. I remember that. I remember, I remember, that. That. I remember that. I will say my I wore my mom's, um like, fringe vest. So that was actually an authentic, like, late 1960s, early 70s fringe vest. So. But it was more like her because she just wore it and she was like a kid. Like she wasn't actually going to like Woodstock or anything.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But yeah, it's kind of my experience with it. I don't think I'm super – we did we did cover a bohemian aesthetic, um, one of our first seasons.
0: Which is and... definitely different enough. But yeah.
1: It was our first so, episode, no? Oh, it was. You're right. Bohemian was our first episode. And so, I, and I think I said in that one, I've never been one to, like, be into that kind of aesthetic, um, like, a, you know, the peace signs, everything like that.
0: Yeah. I forgot about what you were talking about, like, the 2009, like, capitalist hippie revival. <laughs> I think, I definitely did participate in it in a, to a certain extent, but I think part of it was me just being a kid. Like, I don't know how... Seriously, I understood what was going on. Oh yeah, I do remember the kind of flower child look coming back in like twenty twelve or something. Like that was like kind of a definitely. thing,
1: definitely, along with like twee almost that idea.
0: And I I just remember my aunt talking about one of my cousins and saying that they like were becoming such a flower child, and she was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I was like, oh, I'm definitely not a flower child. That's funny. Um, Just because the way my cousin dressed had, like, you know, the flowers of that look on it. I don't know. I was, like, I was also not colorful at that point. I was very fall colors, which, um, whatever. Anyway. So, let's really break down um, this aesthetic. We did a summary, um,
1: but if we want to go deeper
0: into it. uh, Ingeniella, what are some of the core
1: elements of this aesthetic? Psychedelic art styles with saturated colors um lots of laid back kind of clothing in terms of not just loose fitting but also in terms of the way people wore their hair as well lots of like long beards long hair um which was a complete like 180 from the super clean cut um style of the 1950s of course lots of floral imagery and even
0: the early 60s was a lot like stiffer and so it was definitely like
1: you can totally see it in like the Beatles haircuts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if you literally track the Beatles you can see the growth of the heavy movement um through the 60s also lots of earth tones you know kind of like what you're describing is, like, a uh, attempt at, like, natural, like, looking, like, clothing, ways to hold your body, like, not, like, stiff and, like, also, like, we, we said peace signs already, you know, those, those were, like, part of the original hippie look as well, flowers, like, lots of symbolism, I feel like, actually, in the hippie aesthetic, like, not just, like, I feel like in a lot of other aesthetics, we don't get as many symbols, so you get like the sun or we get a peace sign or we get um, some flowers, you know, like very much like these meaningful signs.
1: Yeah. And I think that just speaks to how this is like a movement versus simply an aesthetic. Like it really it, it had a, a whole meaning and message behind it, whereas some of the things we cover, the meaning was more attached to it later on. Like it wasn't as like obvious or purposeful, maybe. Of course, the bell-bottom, jeans. Denim in general. Like, denim had been a little more of, like, I guess
0: a biker thing before this, like a greaser thing, but still not really mainstream. But after the hippie movement, it was definitely a lot more of a mainstream thing, like an everyday thing. Flowy clothing, so like peasant skirts.
1: Yes, the peasant top, the peasant skirt, lots of natural dyeing, like you were saying, earth tones. But that was because a lot of people were training – towards, like, using natural dyes for things.
0: I don't know if this is accurate, but I feel like, like, later hippie revivals um, were when tie-dye became more popular. Like, tie-dye was a thing, but I feel like it wasn't as big in the original, like, hippie movement as
1: it is, like, when we were, like, oh, just wear tie-dye and then you will be a hippie, you know, kind of thing now. Yeah, I think that's interesting. The, like, reinterpretation of hippie, because I think it definitely tie-dye shirt, like if you look at any Halloween costume, it's usually like, okay, throw on a tie-dye shirt and like a headband and like you're good. But if you look at like real hippie photos, it's usually people wearing like not a lot of bright colors. Like tie-dye wasn't like a feature or anything specifically like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, speaking of that uh, Halloween costume, I feel like it's always more disco-y than hippie actually was like disco kind of came from um the shift in like extreme shift in fashion from the 60s like it wasn't like hippies didn't like wear disco clothes like out to woodstock and stuff you know they wore like anything they could pull together like it was not clean and beautiful it was
1: very like down to earth totally and i think honestly think that was my interpretation of it for so long and like you were saying like I honestly thought it was a lot later than it actually was like the hippie movement like I thought my parents grew up with it but like they really did not like they were my parents were born like 1960 so they like did not experience it really
0: my mom wasn't born until 66 so she missed most of it you know yeah she wasn't
1: even alive
0: (laughs) and now she was like it was fully into happening when she was
1: born so we talked about the exterior of what a hippie looks like and kind of all the general um objects colors everything like that so where has this aesthetic been seen and where can we see it today emma
0: so i mean it has a very deep and rich history which is what i kind of found out um By doing some research. Um, I I think the thing that interested me the most, if I may, was kind of like that the hippie movement of the sixties was definitely the hippie movement we're talking about, but it wasn't like the first time people did this kind of like complete like anti-industrial like upheaval moment. Um and I think it's cool that there's so many different roots in that kind of thing. So just to give a basic, like, layer, though, it's... The 1960s was basically, like, the early 60s didn't really... It was kind of starting, but it wasn't really happening, the hippie movement. Um, but by the late 60s, it was in full throttle slash basically over. So, um, kind of a fast thing. And that is literally how you describe the Beatles. So, they are, are actually a very good um, way to, like, measure the hippie movement because they began like they formed in like fifty eight, I think. They released their first album in like sixty-two. Um, they released their last album in sixty-eight and were completely dissolved by nineteen seventy. So it's essentially the same timeline. Sorry, random
1: fetal specs. No, I think that's so true to it's a great like visual helper if you don't know what the style was or what the aesthetic was.
0: Apart from the fact that they were british and not american and it was a very american thing you know this hippie movement it eventually had roots in other places but like it was a very very american thing basically
1: yeah i mean like specifically in america san francisco uh greenwich village in new york city both of which were originally um homes to the
0: beatnik movement which is the direct link to the hippie movement basically the beatniks um let me i i did say i want to talk about like other times this happens so let me do that first They were just moments with like they were in persia like way back during the persian empire there were the masdakists that were essentially the same thing like they wanted to reconnect this this emperor um he wanted the like to create like a communal living situation in which they were more connected with nature, which is kind of bonkers because like if we were to look at like the Persian Empire we'd be like, what are you talking about? You're surrounded by nature. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. So I guess it just shows that there's always points in human history where everyone just like gets fed up and has to like reject society.
0: Yeah. Then there was Leben Lebens reform, which is was an anti industrial German movement in during the, like, early Industrial uh, Revolution, the first Industrial Revolution, the Nature Boys of Calif- of Southern California were basically um, hippies as we know them today, which then led to the Beatniks, which is what we were just talking about, which, um, they were very different from the hippies, but they kind of had all the counterculture ideas down to a T, and from there sprouted the hippies.
1: Yeah, I was kind of, I didn't really know much about the beat generation at all, honestly, before this. And that started in New York as well. And San Francisco, both. San Francisco and Greenwich Village, yep. And And, yeah, yeah. Hate Ashbury and Old Town in Chicago. um, Anti-materialist movement, anti-conformist. So it's interesting like how it, formed into a full-on like hippie movement
0: and basically just grew and grew and grew and grew until it hit the mainstream at full speed and um like as as all things do as soon as it hit the mainstream it basically i mean it lasted for a very long time in the mainstream that's why we all think the 70s were when hippies were around because that that's when that kind of culture that look that aesthetic was yeah, it was mainstream. It was cool. That's what people did, but it wasn't the movement anymore, you know?
1: Right. And I think it's that's even more true because Woodstock and all those like infamous hippie festivals weren't until the late 60s. Woodstock wasn't until 1969. And that was really the culmination of what was happening, but now kind of really documented in one place. Same with, um, The Monterey Pop Festival in San Francisco, or not in San Francisco, Monterey Pop Festival. Yeah, Summer of Love, um, just everything, like, all these, like, music festivals on the West Coast, East Coast.
0: Before that, they were smaller, uh, like, kind of gatherings of these bands that would eventually become these, like, psychedelic rock, hippie, like, um, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, pillars, pillars of, like, hippie culture. Um there was oh I loved this in like the mid sixties. Did you read about the Merry Pranksters? Um, who were basically just a group of people who went on a road trip in a painted bus and like lived the hippie lifestyle. Like some of the first people known like in the sixties to do this. Um and they're like famous for like the painted well, they painted a school bus and like drove it around. Um but very influenced by like groups like the Grateful Dead that were like this like psychedelic rock like band that really changed a lot I'm sure everyone's heard of the Grateful Dead but you know Mm
1: -hmm. um and that and their posters their logos are so synonymous with hippie culture and specifically with hippie art psychedelic art Um, and yeah, looking at so much of the popular art was coming through music, was coming through music, posters, festival posters. And we were speaking about this last week, like grassroots movements. So much of this was through sharing information, um, with your peers and passing out posters, zines, things like that. So a lot of like the major art movement movement grew from those posters,
0: those bands yeah and then to build on like the poster and band and slogan thing um during the later half of the 60s kind of mid to late 60s um you know uh the u.s joined the vietnam war and was you know there was just that was the first war that a majority of americans were actually against being a part of um and like that was the first war That war still had, like, uh, mandatory uh, drafts, but it was the first time people didn't want mandatory drafts anymore. They thought that people should have a choice in whether they can get drafted or not. Um, And generally, technically, hippies do not, are, like, apolitical, but um, because of, like, the way it aligned in history, um, they get associated a lot with, like, anti-war. And it is accurate because it is about preaching, you know, love and not war and like all that stuff um and a lot of the popular figures of the hippie culture hippie movement um were political and were outspoken
1: pacifists right that's a good point yeah
0: we were talking about uh personal connection earlier probably the closest personal connection i have is that i am like first and foremost a pacifist and like that is a big part of the movement but i've never connected it with hippie culture itself you know
1: right i think because hippie lifestyle is also something that doesn't have to be like in at a specific date or time a lot of people still practice a hippie lifestyle whether it's being a pacifist or just rejecting society being anti-conformist those are all things that are of a hippie lifestyle um i think it's funny that the most known kind of hippie movement is of the largely white middle class that rejected society whereas like you were saying before there was so many other origins and movements like it but what we know now is of like that one specific demographic
0: right and um you know if you want to get into like specific like historically what was happening to like um Abby Hoffman is like a big name in the hippie movement and he was involved with the um, Chicago Seven who were involved with the um, Black Panthers and the Black Panthers were a big you know this kind of overlaps with the civil rights movement um, the hippie movement but you're right it was a very much more like white middle class like rejection of society where there were figures and people who used this as a way to like uphold important important voices to get rights for other people but there was also um yeah there was also like kind of a privilege aspect to it I guess a rejection of that privilege at least um we want to give them credit for that (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean that's kind of a good decent summary of what um it looked like in the past I mean where is it seen today Antonella like where can you still see it today
1: of course we have our modern version of all of this which is you know maybe not it doesn't always take the the purest form of it we kind of see it more in people getting into yoga different diets things like that but i do think it's interesting is that the first earth day was held in 1970 so this and that's obviously we still have earth day today um So, I I mean, overall, like, there is a, like, really huge legacy for this movement. And just, I think, a a call to being aware of nature, um, being aware of, or just questioning capitalism more. I think that that is, and also more seriously, like, I think it changed live music and music festivals that we have today i think it really laid the foundation for a lot of public arts and public music gatherings
0: it really did kind of create festivals like um they didn't happen the same way that they happened after all this stuff um after the hippie movement essentially like the bands after the hippie movement bands would organize getting together rather than randomly just showing up at the same place at the same venue you know Um, And that's kind of where, this is where we get the modern day, like, Coachella from, you know, is from the hippie movement.
1: And I think it's interesting when we're talking about, like, how we see it today, but in an aesthetic point of view, a lot of the, like, Coachella aesthetic does take from, you know, classic hippie style, or at least the, you know, stereotypical hippie style. You know, we definitely get the cleaned up version a
0: lot in stores today. I think it has been a while since. When was the last time hippie was like really big? Like it was kind of big, maybe like two thousand eighteen, maybe. But I can't. I can't really remember. Um, but
1: just music also is totally changed by this movement to like psychedelic rock and trance music, electronic music. Um, you're talking about the Grateful Dead. Talk about the um, Beatles too. That was like.
0: They completely changed how rock was done, how music was done, you know, the way they experimented. They did multi-track, um, you know, they played stuff backwards on albums that they sold. Like, they did a lot of crazy stuff that influenced a lot of people, especially if you listen to later stuff, like, you know, White Album. Like, that's, like, the most experimental stuff, and it's it's so cool, and it, like, really... It basically created, like, avenues for alternative and indie music like that didn't exist at the time.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, another point is um, gender laws, sexuality laws, too. That was greatly affected and um, just, like, a more open-mindedness and awareness of other kinds of people.
0: Oh, well, I found this great list that I thought was great. It was the fundamental ethos of hippie of the hippie movement um the first one is harmony with nature which we've talked about already a lot second one was communal living which we haven't touched on that much but in the original hippie movement that was really big like you know the kind of utopia style like living in these communities together the whole like um there's so many instances especially of it happening in the 60s the farm um and then there's like more weird Like, that's when it gets into, like, culty. It gets culty by the 70s with, like, the Manson family and, like, all that stuff. Um,
1: Can quickly turn, yeah, weird.
0: But also you were saying, like, artistic experimentation, sexual experimentation, and recreational drugs. You know, the first, like, popular usage of recreational drugs, which um, they make jokes about cocaine being in coke in the 50s. But, like, this is when people, like, were seeking out, like, LSD and, like you know, crazy stuff that wasn't really, like, mainstream at that point, so. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> to the world of drugs as well. I guess there was a lot of drug usage, but it was, I guess it was just changed the way we looked at drugs, we were, as it was always, like, hush-hush, you
1: know? Right, yeah, this was, like, used in an artistic way. Like, all these bands were using it to inspire their work and things like that. I found... I didn't find out recently,
0: but, um, going back to the Beatles, this is a little anecdote. I, saw I grew up very innocently with, like, all of the Beatles music, right, because um, I grew up with it since I was, like, really young, um, but I remember one time in, like, elementary school or, like, middle school or something, like, someone was like, well, you know Lucy and this guy with diamonds is LSD, right, um, and I was like, I don't even care, I don't even care, say whatever you want, like, I don't even care, um, but I was like, cool, whatever, um, but I read something recently where it was like it was not about that. It was about a it was a photo that John John Lennon's son Julian drew, and it was of someone named Lucy, and she was floating around with some diamonds. And that's literally where the song came from. It has nothing to do with LSD. And I was like, Yeah, of course. I told you. I told you, jerks in middle school. Like nothing to do with that. Of course, they did do LSD, but that's not the point. The point was that it wasn't named after that.
1: That's so funny because I was also told that as well in, like, elementary school or middle school or something. Everyone loved to, like, be like, here's a fun fact that's completely wrong. and
0: (laughs) Like, no, literally, like, the whole – it was the stupid internet, the stupid, like, age of the internet with, like, people being like, Winnie the Pooh is all, like, different, like, psychological stuff. No, it's not. If you literally read about the history of Winnie the Pooh – the guy who wrote them his son Christopher Robin had a bunch of stuffed animals and like the real stuffed animals are in the New York Public Library the one uh, attached to Ryan Park has like literally the original Winnie the Pooh in it and then really? yeah oh. yeah it's crazy so that's not about different mental illnesses which was another thing that people were saying
1: like yeah that's so classic that was like the first like things kids would discover conspiracy theories and just what Urban dictionary, what urban dictionary had to say.
0: Can you tell me about some of the who's in this um in this movement, Antonella? Some of the people, some of the music, some of the film. Like we, we kinda talked about some stuff, but can you get into more specifics for me?
1: I mean we're talking about the Beatles and They weren't hippies, they, technically. They weren't, but their music was totally <laughs> with influenced by and also facilitated so much of the hippie music at the time um but not just the beatles also or psychedelic rock even but a lot of folk music like pete uh Seeger, um folk rock uh just a return to like very stripped down uh music bob dylan i guess
0: Bob, Bob Dylan, so Bob Dylan, even, like, Joan Baez, like, Joan Baez is technically considered part of the hippie movement, but we're talking, we're talking early hippie movement, so, like, actually right. the 60s, um, you know, it's derived from the beatnik movement, and people like Bob Dylan were, like, directly from the beatnik movement as well, um, and just kind of, like, pushed us into the hippie movement, because, I mean, they're very closely related, um, yeah, other, like, music, psychedelic rock music people, I mean, Jimi Hendrix is, like, one of the main, you know, pillars of this. Um, you know, he and, like, people like Janis Joplin were at Woodstock, and they really made it a thing. Um, and even, like, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, like, they were the music, but maybe less connected to the actual movement. Same with The Who. The Who was definitely more, like, you know, venturing into punk territory eventually, but our originally, like, hippie movement, psychedelic rock.
1: Right, yeah, there's a lot of, like, people who took that arc of psychedelic rock into punk, and the the lines really blend a lot anyways, but...
0: They do. It was so fast, too, because, like, as soon as the 70s hit, you know, we started to get disco, we started to get punk, we started, like, everything changed, so... um, Everything changed, Um, some political leaders that I mentioned but I want to bring up again were just, like, Abby Hoffman, um, icon, legend, um, and John and Yoko. We talked about, like, the Beatles, but John and Yoko were, like, were very outspokenly anti-war, anti vietnam war. Um, they're really famous for, uh, war is over, Merry Christmas, war is over, um, there's a Happy Christmas, it's Happy Christmas, war is over, isn't it? Um, and then they're also famous for putting up these signs all across the United States, all across the world, really. Um, and they were just white signs that just said, um, like, war is over if you want it. Do you want it? Like, (laughs) kind of, like, asking people to, like, reflect on the fact that, like, do these wars need to happen?
1: Um, good stuff. Love. Stan. Yeah. I mean, you Uh mentioned Janis Joplin, and not just, like, music-wise, but what these people were wearing and doing was so interesting. Like it was so a part of the movement as well. Janice like was typically like messy looking, messy hair, super big grandma glasses, like all of the, all of like the classic, um, you know, stereotypical hippie look that we think of today. I think she really, embodied like the long bead,
0: jewelry no she is definitely where like our modern interpretation of it kind of comes from is like her look in general um, but she did embody it in a lot of ways
1: I mean, yeah, she spoke about like her, her songs are political and about American life or critiquing it
0: you know what's so funny I don't even know if I know a Janis Joplin song it's not wild you definitely do oh peace of my heart i'll put that in i definitely know peace of my heart
1: to know some movies. Can you give us some movies? Um, yeah,
0: I did. A, I have a good mix of mainstream and non-mainstream movies. Um, I wasn't actually able to find if it's a legit movie that exists, but one of the historical important uh, plays of the '60s that kind of embodied um, the hippie movement was a play called Generation. Apparently, they made a movie of it, but I could not find that it existed, so I'm not sure about that one. Don't quote me on that. Um, In terms of a, like, more mainstream movie, more recently, um, more recently like, in the past 20 years, um, Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous um, is about kids who are, like, groupies to people who are, like the later half of the hippie movement, so like early 70s, so like really not hippies anymore, but trying to kind of relive the hippie movement, which I think is a cool reflection on that. Um, a lesser known one would be um, an actually a senegalese movie um, from the mid 70s. but I think it captures kind of like the influence of the hippie movement on other countries is Tukibuki or just um, the English title. Something like hyenas. I think it might be hyenas. Okay, some more. Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar is, it, they made a movie, the musical, and it's like so trippy. And it's like, honestly, very pretty. And like, I would recommend like just looking up stills or something because it's just like.
1: I've never seen it.
0: Has, it's very. Oh, Jesus Christ Superstar is not the right one. I'm thinking of the other one. They made a lot of musicals in the 60s and 70s about Jesus and made them all hippie esque godspell godspell that's the one i was thinking of godspell is a very pretty hippie movie like it has very good like
1: imagery in it i think another one i mean it's a movie they made it into a movie right into the wild
0: yes but that's about chris McCandless in the
1: 90s yeah i know it's in the 90s but i think it does like no it does show a certain he
0: he had i was gonna mention him earlier he he, very much like was kind of like that hippie, hippie movement carrying on later,
1: later on, you know. Totally, yeah, and someone who kind of picked up on that movement like way after, or like kind of romanticized maybe what that movement was, or wanted to be a part of it. Hair and Easy Rider are like
0: from the sixties and seventies, and they're very much like in the hippie moment as it's happening. Um. I would say those are kind of like the ones I would recommend in in, in most of what we talked about today um, on this episode. Right. Do you have anything else to add, Antonella, about the hippie movement?
1: But yeah, once again, pushing boundaries, same as it was with the music itself, you know, um, like anti-art basically, you know, rejecting the, the norm.
0: I'm rejecting, yeah, the
1: structure. Now knowing more about the hippie culture would you participate in it or bring this into your day-to-day you know what I think I just have a lot
0: I, I definitely have a better understanding of it and more respect for it and I think I would in a certain sense I definitely agree with the push away from like uniformity you know love the individual like style and approach that it brings to um I don't know like people expressing themselves I guess um and I think that's great and yeah always anti-war always anti-violence always pro-love um so I think maybe not the visual aesthetic as much as the um emotional aesthetic (laughs) (laughs) ethos as much as the ethos um but I think it makes me want to explore it even more in film because I definitely like talking about like the films and stuff and and the music like makes me want to explore both of those. What about for you?
1: with you on the on the visual part um, don't know if I will incorporate that into my look. I do like you know dressing a little more polished but um, I think especially with art I it's cool. I like the anti- art I like. The like defying the expectations of art, especially with graphic design, um, and rejecting that you know, kind of uniform style that you're supposed to or like those principles of art you're always supposed to keep in mind or have. So, I definitely enjoy that aspect of it and can see myself. It's something I I think I already try to do as well. And both of us, we're both vegan, so it's not, you know, yeah, it's not that far off. Um, but I definitely, I agree, the ethos part of it, for sure. And art.
0: All right. Um, and then how about just in general? Like, do you see the is this aesthetic growing in the world in general in this, like, current
1: climate? Yeah, I mean, we're in a recession. I think it's very timely that we're talking about this right now. And I think I already see a lot of people going – towards this mindset of rejecting or becoming more anti-capitalist or questioning capitalism. And I think a lot of people have reached a breaking point, especially with the pandemic, with the recession. Like we're seeing a lot of people really question these traditional um, structures and want to change them. So I definitely see it, it growing. And, and I, I I see it now already, you know.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. I definitely, you know, I don't, I think again, ethos wise, like I definitely see this having plenty of influence, but I think, um, probably the next time some kind of movement like this happens, like this kind of rejection, like obviously nature will always be a part of it, but I could see it taking a lot, very different form, you know, lots of, probably different like style of music and art, probably different, um, less drugs, maybe same amount of drugs, I don't know, but, um. (laughs) Just different parts of it definitely being different. Similar to how it had been very different in the past, you know. Um, yeah. The many times that it had come up. But yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the hippie movement. Thank you to Zoom for letting us talk. <laughs> Thank you to Acast for hosting us. Shout out to Phineas for composing our intro and outro. It is so rocking. We hope you enjoy it. And I think that should do it for Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. See you, next See you next time. See you next time.